0: lover of all things lit, professional reviewer, recommender, book blogger. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, aka The Book Sage, and you're listening to Lit with Lloyd, courtesy of KCAT Radio. Welcome to Lit with Lloyd. I am your host, Lloyd Russell, and our guest author today, courtesy of KCAT Radio, is Celie McKenzie. Uh, She has written approximately, and I'm Saying approximately because we'll get numbers uh, soon, uh, fifteen to twenty books for middle grade and young adults, uh, and she's also written numerous articles, short stories, and some nonfiction. So we're going to get to the, uh, the the bottom of that, find out what those things all mean, uh, and uh, we are very happy to have you here with us, Lee.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be here today, Lloyd. It's great.
0: Good. All right. So let's start with something that I read on on your. Uh, on your website. Tell us about ESVID Wiki and about the recognition you got from them.
1: Oh, that was a surprise because I wasn't <laughs> even in the country when that happened. And, um, evidently, uh, they they chose uh, Double Negative, one of my young adult books, uh, as one of the top 10 uh, young adult books for 2019. So I was... I didn't know it was even happening. So it was it a was double, double surprise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a double positive. <laughs> a, double po- a double positive, exactly. OK, how many books have you written? And how many for, we can still use the word approximately if you'd like, uh, how many for young adult and how many for middle grade?
1: I think uh, young adult standalone books are five. And I just published one, so that makes it six. The middle grade that are stand uh, actually, I have one series that's uh, the Alligators Overhead series, the Pete and Weasel series which uh-huh. I have fun with. When I get tired of, you know, teenage angst, I <laughs> I switch over to <laughs> fantasy and adventure. And so I wrote a series uh, for Pete and Weasel, and um, and one standalone called uh, Sign of the Green Dragon. All of the others that you saw on my website, those are anthologies. Sometimes uh, contribute to a themed anthology. Um, which is fun. One was really exciting to do and that was I wrote to music. So oh, wow. musicians created the music and then authors wrote a story to that music and we put that together in uh in one of the collections. And that was that was very interesting.
0: Wow. Yeah. How many authors did you work with on that?
1: I think there were twenty wow. of us that did it. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Well let me make a, a, a comment on the, um, uh, the young adults. Okay. I have to say, and this is not just a kiss up, which I'm prone to do, that The Princess of Las Polgas is probably my favorite YA of all time. Wow. I loved it so much. Can you give just a brief synopsis of it?
1: I can, um, if I can remember the book that was published a while ago. I can uh, tell
0: you, I can give the synopsis <laughs> if you don't want to. I can,
1: I can. <laughs> Well, I, what I, my tagline, I guess, would be that it start, it's a story of a of a family, actually, and with a young girl as the protagonist that has really everything. They're in higher socioeconomic status. They have a beautiful home. Uh, their lifestyle and everything is wonderful. She lives in, um, she goes to a very nice high school And then something happens that reverses all of that, and she has to change her way of life. Well, all of them do, but uh, Carly is particularly affected because she refuses to accept what's happened, and she struggles against thinking that she doesn't belong there. And so the story goes on to show that actually she does belong there in the end, and she finds a new way of living.
0: Okay, I I totally agree with that, and I'm glad that if I had given the— the synopsis i would have given one more detail from the beginning which you did not so go, i'm glad, go of that. For it. I'm glad <laughs> well just that uh, that her her father passes away i mean that's right. right at the very beginning of the book yeah um which leads to all the changes but right. i i just i loved it
1: well i'm glad uh, you enjoyed it i was surprised because uh when i first met you i remember it was at a um A library event, and you came up to me after the talk and the panel had finished, and you said, "Well, which one of your books should I buy?" And I think I only had two books out then, Uh, and so I could I could have given you *Sliding on the Edge*, and I said, "I don't know. This is give you the latest one. I give you *Princess of Las Vegas*. He'll never (laughs) like that book. Who who what guy? You know, is going to want to read about a princess?" And you liked it. I was just amazed.
0: (laughs) Well, it's it's more than that. It's not just a guy. It's an old guy. And you know, I mean, many old guy uh, loving a book that is really you know geared for young adults. Yeah. So, and and what I've always said is that it's not about the genre, it's not about the age it's geared for, it's about how it's written and how it grabs you. And I was very emotionally connected to to the uh, to the characters. So
1: you know, that's that's something that keeps coming up all the time, Lloyd. People ask me about that, and I say, well, I write for YA, but you know, that's really a marketing category. That's a bookshelf slot. Uh-huh. And if you write, I mean, the, the the plot is a little simpler. It's not, you know, convoluted, lots of points of view. But, uh, and a lot of uh, mature people enjoy that kind of story. You know, it's just a straight story about something that happens to somebody and they have to come through, you know, a crisis and yeah, yeah. resolve it. But that's storytelling, Yeah, you know, so.
0: Well, sometimes, the book, you, the books you referred to, that are that are have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of different characters. It's a little tough sometimes to engage emotionally with with all of those. But because this is focused on a, a one girl, and then of course her younger brother, uh, that that gives you an opportunity to really zero in on the, on that protagonist and and develop that connection. Yeah. Uh, for me, and I don't—I'm assuming for others—creating that emotional connection is what elevates the book, or elevates any book. And I certainly felt for her and and her family.
1: Well, I'm glad it—I'm glad it resonated. Yeah, really.
0: In fact, and I—nobody that knows me will believe I'm saying this. If I were to read a book for a second time, which I don't do—I I have a policy, a strict policy of not doing that because that means I won't get another book read. Right. I would read The Princess of Las Pulgas a second time.
1: Well, that is quite a compliment. So I yeah. really appreciate it. And yeah. I'll pay you later. OK, good, <laughs> good,
0: good. And, and uh, listeners, by the way, all of her books are good. This one stood out for me, but I've read read them all, I think. At least most, and have enjoyed them all. Oh
1: well, thank you. I didn't know you were still reading my stuff. That's great. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, and you've got a new book out called Shattered.
1: I do. It's Shattered. Um, this is the kind of a s- step out for me because this story is about a paraplegic, and um, I, specifically paraplegic. Uh, I wanted to do something about someone who'd had a, you know, trauma in their lives and had to overcome it. Something different than I'd done before, and. Um, Actually, I heard a speaker at the library, Karen Trollen, she's a woman in town, she's a paraplegic who is a businesswoman, she skis, she does all kinds of sports, and um, I had already had this idea in my head, and when I heard her speak, then I decided the girl would be a paraplegic. Oh,
0: Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. And I assume it's available. I haven't looked it's, for it it's yet. It's just
1: published October 29th. So it is just now available. It just came out in paperback. So they were a little late. Great. Everything is a little late this year for some reason. So the book was a little late coming out with a paperback version that is out now.
0: Good. I'll get it. Uh, do you have a publisher? Yes. Okay. I do. And, and who's your publisher and how did that come about?
1: Ever 19. It's not a big publisher, they're in Canada, but they do all YA. And uh, they do, they've been pretty good with me. They do a lot of, uh, they do great covers, which I appreciate. They give you an editor, uh, you get royalties, you don't get an advance, which a lot of, you know, small publishers just don't do that. Uh Um, But that's fine with me. And I get royalties from my books and I'm very happy.
0: That's great. Uh, so when you said "ya," does that mean they don't do your middle grade?
1: No, they don't. And
0: who does that for you?
1: Well, actually, I self-published. You do. Okay. I just did. well, they're hard. They were at the time. They were hard to publish. Nobody was interested when I was writing them, and I thought, well, why don't I just try it? And so I did. I, I did do one publisher for one book, but I actually the self-publishing has gained some credibility, and I, you know, paid. Uh, to have them edited well. So there's, you know, it looks professional, I think. And that's really my, that's what I wanted. I didn't want it to not be professional. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Are your YA books, um, do they, do they pick your covers? Do they pick your, do you have, are they in audio as well?
1: They're not, and I really okay. wish they were because its audio has picked up so yeah. much in the market. Uh, I don't know that they'll move that way. I was going to talk to the marketing people and see what we could do. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I would love to have it in audio. That would be fun.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just gaining so much popularity. Prior to the pandemic, um, Joni and I were listening to books all the time because we were driving to friends that were an hour away in a variety of directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've listened to some really excellent books uh we don't do it as much now because of obviously this situation as it exists but but once things begin to settle again i think people are going to go back to to even more audiobooks than they're re- listening to now
1: well i think so too i i was never an audiobook person i i just didn't like them you know i and uh then i after this pandemic it's changed everybody's life yeah. And uh, my, my gym closed, uh, so I couldn't get in to do what I usually do to exercise. And I'm an exercise freak because I <laughs> sit a lot when I write, you know. And so I started walking. So, um, I, well, I decided, well, while I'm doing all this walking, two to three hours a day, I'll just listen to books.
0: Yep. I have a number of friends that are doing that while they're walking. Yeah, um, It's a little tougher, you know, if you have other things going on. It's tougher to do when you're like, Actually, in, inside a home, um, but but the walking, the driving, those are just easy ways to do it. Right. Yeah, I think that's great. How did you actually start writing, and and did you have a career prior to writing?
1: Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I was at I taught at San Jose State for twenty five years.
0: Wow. And um, what did you teach?
1: I was in English as a second language. We had a special program for international students who came uh, from all over. We had over 30 countries represented on campus, um, and our job was to get them in so they could matriculate into the university for their advanced degrees. Usually, uh, very few came later who were getting BAs or Bs's. Most of them came for masters, and then some came to to our school and then transferred to schools where they could get their doctorates. So we had some really interesting people in the program.
0: Wow, Uh, and, why did that stop?
1: I retired. Ah, nice. <laughs> I thought after that many years I thought it was time to, to stop doing that and um, and I guess I accidentally bumped into writing because I've all, well I've always written something and you know, I wrote a lot for academia. you know I was writing articles and things for my my field is linguistics and, and intercultural communication. So I would write articles about that and I always enjoyed writing but I'd never really written stories. Oh, I can tell you a funny story. Please, um, I was a friend of mine from Pakistan showed me a, a magazine called India Currents, which was in San Jose, and he jokingly said, "Well, you should enter because they're paying a hundred dollars for a short story about something about India." Well, I'd never been to India.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So I said, well, sure, I can do that. So he, he wrote one, and I wrote one, and I won the contest. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I thought, well, how hard can this be? I And I can make money doing this, $100 uh-huh. for nothing.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. And that's really what led you to start writing? Not,
1: not really. I would probably have fallen into it. But it was fun, and I thought it was a kick that I, who had never been to India, uh, and he who was, you know, obviously had relatives and everything, yeah. yeah, yeah. not win. I, and I don't <laughs> think he ever forgave me for that, actually.
0: <laughs> the fact that you taught at San Jose State, is that what led you to write books about that are YA-based?
1: It might be. Uh, you know, when I started, this is a terrible admission, but when I started writing, I knew well, I knew nothing. I mean, I knew absolutely nothing about the publishing business. I don't advise that for people who want to write. I, <laughs> I advise that they they actually learn about the publishing business before they try to do it. Uh, so I didn't really know I was writing YA. Huh. I didn't know it, that's where it would slot. But then as I started, then they said, you know, if you don't see it on a shelf, if you can't put your book on a shelf in a bookstore or in a library, then you don't have a book that's saleable. And I thought, well, OK. So I went out and looked for the shelves. And I thought, well, I guess I'm writing YA. I guess so <laughs> I'll, just, uh, I'll just finish this book, because it was the only book I'd planned to write. And I'll see what happens. And I sent it out a couple of times. And nobody wanted it. And then I sent it out a third time to a company called West Side Books. Uh, and they took it.
0: And that was Princess?
1: No, that was a sliding on the edge.
0: Oh, sliding on the edge. Then okay. they took Princess. Uh huh.
1: But that was a surprise because when I I went to New York actually to meet my editor, and so when we were we were meeting, she said, "Okay, what do you have next?" And I said, "Well, I have to think about <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> so yeah, and then that was now now I was down the trail. So,
0: how do you decide whether to be write, writing a YA or middle grade at at when you start a book or when you get ready to start a book?
1: I kind of know when my head's ready for YA and when it's not, when I have to stop. And and so, uh, yeah, I I haven't written a middle grade for a while. I have one sort of sitting on my C drive. It's kind of a weird one about a computer game, but um, <laughs> I haven't had the nerve to put that out.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I assume you're already working on something now beyond Shattered.
1: I do, I have two books that are kind of in different stages of completion. And then I'm doing something really, really different. I'm writing, I'm collaborating with another author. And it was an accident again. I think my life in publishing has been an accident, which it shouldn't be, I should be more of a planner. But (laughs) she and I were talking one night and we decided we would write a book together. And so when we started, we thought we would just write something fun, you know, nothing very serious. And then it got serious. And then we got to seeing that perhaps we had characters that had some potential. And we had a storyline that really was interesting. And we said, well, what are we writing? And we said, well, I think we're writing women's fiction with gothic elements. Oh, well, I've never done that before. Let's see what happens. So... We're doing that and we're almost done with our first draft.
0: Wow, how cool is that?
1: I know it is cool and it's interesting because she's she's a good writer and she's a great person to work with. so uh, it's turned out to be good.
0: And was she has she been an author prior to this? She,
1: her first book came out I think uh, two years ago and she just had a new one come out uh, this this year just now just before mine.
0: Can we know her name, or is that not something you want to publish yet? Well,
1: uh, she, yes, I'll give you her um, her book name. It's uh, Sonia Toki. Okay. So, and uh, her latest book is uh, Red Dove. Okay. It's a Native American story. It's a good story, historical fiction.
0: Um, our last podcast author also has has a series that she's writing with another author. Oh wow! And we just had a book club. Author come who or Zoom, who also has written several books with another author, so it's it's these things seem to kind of all be coming together right now. But it's such an interesting process to listen to how that's done, Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of who does what and do you switch chapters and all that sort of thing. Yeah, Uh, are you prepared to talk about any of that yet?
1: Well, yeah, because we've actually evolved. We I think I started just writing, and she started editing, and then huh. we started uh, switching, and then she'd write and I'd edit. And um, then we'd usually have like two or three exchanges on a chapter or something, and then we'd, have, we'd come to a, a screeching halt and say, wait a minute, we don't know where this is going, so we uh-huh. have to get together and talk. So we get together and talk huh. and map out the next you know, part of the outline. And um, she's really good at creating outlines. She's much better at it than I am. So she helps me with the outline and then I can write to the outline much easier. So now we're just alternating chapters as we're getting to the end and we have maybe three or four more to go. And I'm just finishing, in fact, I'll go home this afternoon and I will finish the chapter 30 and send it off to her so she can
0: do the edits. Uh, so she's the plotter and you're the pantser? Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. and, and
1: th- you know, so there you see. That's why collaboration is great because your strength adds to the teamwork, and her strength. You know, I yep. mean, it, it just comes together to make a good team.
0: Yeah, and 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 anything, a good team is what makes it that much better than the what the and in any individual can do. Exactly.
1: And what not one really good thing is that when I get stuck, and I think, oh gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do now, I'll just call Liz and I'll say, hey, you know. Um, I, I need to talk to you about this because I'm not sure that I know which way to go on it. So I don't have the whole responsibility. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Well, kind of
1: nice for yeah, change. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, it's just all on you. Yes. And I'm sure that when you're writing books, that there are parts that you just you just go back and forth and. Sleep on it then don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, so I've been. It's an, it's very different, but quite enjoyable.
0: Uh, a question I ask every author: Have you had any interest from any TV or movie studios? Oh no, no, I don't think so.
1: Well, you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i'm neither but, <laughs> but it would be definitely. great i
1: think you know the problem is that there are millions of books being published what is it daily i
0: I've, i actually have that as one of our trivia facts today you're going to okay, hear those numbers good.
1: because so i mean it's like netflix i mean how many shows do you have to choose from on Netflix? yeah 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 And which one do you choose
0: yeah plus all the people that make recommendations to you exactly we can't we can't We can't get them all.
1: I know. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So I know I know I haven't had the the uh, the honor or the excitement of having anybody offer to, um, you know, put me on contract for a Netflix special.
0: (laughs) Well, if it if it feels um, uh, if it if it's any consolation, uh, almost every author has not been successful in having something made. A number of authors have been approached, but to actually get something made. It's there's one up. Well, she just recently moved. But Marina Adair Mm -hmm. lived up up the hill. I mean, Uh she's had several uh, Hallmark movies made from her romance, romance books. Uh Uh, And there's an author we had for our book club back in December of 2014, Natalie Bazil. She wrote a book called Queen Sugar that Oprah picked up.
1: Oh, wow. And it's now in
0: its sixth season. uh, You know, currently. Um, of course, they changed the book quite a bit yeah. <laughs> to allow for the, uh, you know, to to make more seasons out of it. But uh-huh. still, it's it's just kind of an interesting uh, it's interesting how it how it works. And one author, a local author, he actually wrote a series and had personal conversations with Keanu Reeves about starring in it. Oh, and it got that yeah. far and still didn't get made. So yeah. Yeah, it, it seems like it's more pretty much of a crapshoot.
1: It's a challenging business. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I don't know that I want to get into it because I think it would be, I don't know. It, it, I just don't know that at this point in my life if I want to hassle it. But of course, if they said, we have to, we're going to just want this story, I yeah. guess I, what would I do? I'd probably say yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, it, it seems like it would be pretty intoxicating and sure. be very hard to say no.
1: Well, you know, you have an ego. And you try not to have too big an ego, but it's nice to have someone like your stuff, you know. Yeah,
0: of course. Well, I want to see Princess made into a. Okay. Well, you tell them. You call Netflix <laughs> yeah. or call some Hollywood people and get them online. The <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to take a moment to do a little bit of literary trivia, including, coincidentally, addressing the issue that you just mentioned about the the numbers of people, or the numbers of books published, but. Last time, I told uh, a little bit of a a little fact about Mary Shelley and her monster. Uh, But since then, I came across another very interesting fact about Mary Shelley. When she was 18, I don't know how she made the connection, but when she was 18, she made a bet with the poet Lord Byron as to who could write the best science fiction story. And she wrote Frankenstein. And it won. She won, of course. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. And uh, and it was published uh, when she was 20. Yeah. I mean, isn't that cool? It is cool. Yeah. Uh, this one I like, too. Nobody knows how anybody finds out these details, but since The Very Hungry Caterpillar was published in 1969, it is estimated that it is sold one copy every minute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Okay, and now to your comment. In 2010, Google estimated, and of course, if it's Google, it has to be true, oh,
1: nice.
0: that there have been almost a hundred, and th- at that point, about 130 million books had been published worldwide. They now estimate that there are about 750,000 new titles published every year worldwide so wow. so you know when you think about it which i haven't i've never thought about before and you think about all the competition there is to get your book read i guess it could be fairly daunting if you allowed it to be
1: you can't you you have to accept that you are not probably going to make make it out of the the middle you know level <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I think that's that's kind of crazy. Uh, uh, Just a couple of more quick things. Uh, Ernest Hemingway hated the cover of The Great Gatsby. Uh, And F. Scott Fitzgerald, to paraphrase, said to him, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, again, all the behind the scenes stuff between the authors and the authors and the publishers, I mean, we know nothing. Uh, and this one I uh I thought was kind of of uh of fun too. Uh Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Mm-hmm. Uh his book is um you know the uh, 100 Years of Solitude, he won't allow it to be made into a movie because quote, they would cast someone like Robert Redford, and most of us do not have relatives who look like Robert Redford. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: the best reason I've heard.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, I love this stuff. Uh, Okay, so um, I guess that's about all the time we have. Uh, Again, I thank KCAT Radio for hosting our podcast and doing such a great job of getting it on the air. As soon as I get out of here, I'm going to order Shattered uh, <laughs> okay. uh, and and uh, get to it as soon as Yay, I can. I sold a book. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming on oh, and thanks, thank you Lloyd. for coming down. Really appreciate it. Oh, I
1: enjoyed it. It's been fun.
0: You just heard Lit with Lloyd here on KCAT Radio. Explore all our KCAT original programming at kcat.org slash radio.